we will delete that part out. Three, two. What's going on, everybody? It's Asad Hashmali back again with another episode of Behind the Grind, episode number 25. It's been a long time. It's been a long, long, long time since I came back in front of the camera. I was almost hesitant to do this, and um, but spent the entire winter vacation thinking about um, what would be the new show, uh, what would be the new podcast, what would be the new uh, lineup of guests. And today's guest is actually someone that I've known for a very long time. Um, but he's quite booming. He's quite popping right now. And especially when we look at what's happening in the world. So I feel like the knowledge that he can bring and the information he has to share is going to be super, super relevant um, and very critical also for how even this podcast might evolve. Sean Ansari. Hello. What's up? I've already broken character. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. This my is, pleasure. Uh, my second podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was kind of crushed to see that I am the second one. Because I had you on the list for a long time. I just never approached I, you. I honestly was shying away from all of this. And then um, I did the the one for Nixer. And that's when I... That is something else. That's a, you know, alumni going back, giving no, back. No, but even I like then, that. even then, they, I just, I just, they, they, they asked me and I said, I, I'm, I'm not ready. And you kept asking me, Kazi kept asking me as well, like, please come, please come. And I just said, I have nothing to talk about yeah. uh, right now. And then when we started uh, the, the startup, the mm. gaming startup, that's when I said, okay, now... Yeah. I have something I want to talk because yeah. I never, never like you, yeah. you, you know this even. Yeah. Uh, Sir Bilal knows this. I'm. Someone asked me like, "Are you good at anything?" I'd probably say I'm good at nothing. Like, <laughs> but it's just very difficult. But yeah. now I feel like this is something I want to talk about because yeah. I believe in the cause, so it's uh -huh. easier to do that. Yeah. No, um, and um, I think regardless of uh you being ready or not, I feel like you've always had that um knowledge of the space you are in. I know Sean as I met Sean for the first time. Uh, when he was working at Sachi and Sachi, yes, through Bilal Munir, um, and he was a he was a motion uh, designer. Yeah, motion graphics. Motion designer. graphics designer. Motion designer sounds a little interesting. Designing all that motion, um, and because of the way I want to take this conversation, I've even got out my my learning book. Right. Asad's so, learning. Yes. <laughs> Very yes. I never really do this. I end up going back into the episodes and making notes. But today, I'm actually thinking, okay, I really need to. Do make those notes but sean okay. we are digressing okay introduce yourself who are you what are you doing where are you from where am i from uh my background so um i started my journey uh not knowing what i wanted to do um i was absolutely garbage at studies mm -hmm. my o levels were not great i think i have one a mm. um i'm proud and not proud of that at the same time yeah but uh Struggled to get into A-levels and then uh, Sir Bilal helped me. Uh, my teachers, Sir Bilal, Sir Rock and uh, Nick Sir uh, gave me a place to start doing A-levels. And even at A-levels, I still hadn't found my focus. Mm -hmm. But I used to love video games. Mm -hmm. And I used this um, at home. I would spend time looking at not really the game, but I was always fascinated with videos. Right. So gameplay videos. And this is like way, way back. It's like um, probably A1 or probably even before that, O1, yeah. O levels. So still in CS. And um, I was very fascinated with how these videos are made. So I started, I would just record myself uh, playing Counter-Strike. Yeah. And then I, the next question that came up was, how do I edit this? Mm -hmm. So I went and I looked on the internet and then I found this thing called uh, Sony Vegas. Yeah. Th there wasn't even a premiere. The pre it was it was Sony Vegas, this, oh, gee. this clunky, <laughs> clunky piece of editing software, which is still used now. Uh, at least I think so. And then I said, okay, this is how I edit. And I would go on, try to find some sort of knowledge, yeah. uh, how to edit. Then I found Premiere. Then I found Photoshop. And then I found the whole Adobe Suite. And then um, that led me to kind of my uh, my university. Because mm -hmm. I, after uh, scraping through A-levels again, mm. uh, I decided I wanted to do visual effects. Right. So like all the green screen, the, the fire, the simulation, and um, I then went to Australia. Hmm. Um, I didn't think I would get in, frankly, anywhere because my grades weren't stellar. But uh, Monash University, they had a very interesting admission process. They said, mm -hmm. okay, fine, but write us two stories hmm. and make one triptych, like three photos and tell a story with three photos. So we just wanted, I guess they were trying to get a sense of my storytelling. Mm, yeah. Wohua, I got in. Um, 
and then waha i got to study uh, uh even then it was a very interesting process but mm-hmm. i got to learn a lot i got to learn the most i would say at monash why uh, because the teachers are very interesting them mm-hmm. they were teaching you uh, foundations but not necessarily software right so we were learning type like master the core principles and yeah, then take yeah, it away yeah really really uh, like i we had a course just on typography hmm. where we weren't even learning like fonts and stuff we were drawing type on a piece of paper and photocopying it acha and learning how to scan and then seeing how how fonts actually take um, shape what's a serif font what's a sans serif font monospace and stuff like that so a lot of interesting foundations there but uh i then really wanted to get into visual effects hmm but the school wasn't teaching it because it wasn't a visual effects school it was a it was an art school mm-hmm. but then i self started self learning cinema 4d and then i couldn't uh, i just couldn't capitalize on it because wherever i would go they'd say look uh, we need to sponsor you you mm. don't come from a country with a working holiday visa yeah came back to pakistan that's when we met i was doing a i then moved a little bit from visual effects into post production right so i was doing color grading i was doing that stuff and i i liked this more because it was less about it was it was more hands on mm. it, it was something i was comfortable doing mm. i didn't feel sleepy doing it it was like almost work is play play is work mm-hmm. and then i uh, wanted to uh, kind of find like i i had done enough color grade enough uh, visual effects at that time and i wanted mm-hmm. to find something to challenge me mm. and i went to china i was going to try and uh, teach at a school that i was studying there at uh, xjtlu hmm. this is university of liverpool in partnership with right. the university in china wanted to do something then there i got my next kind of challenge um it was in a so i i did get i did get to live what i would say was for my dreams i did get an internship at a place called bang bang and mm-hmm. they do visual effects right so i got to work with uh, john deets who is the vfx supervisor for the watchmen my boss tim crosby had supervised the matrix so i got to i didn't get to work on You're those movies but i was with some amazing teachers bahut bahut danta unhone ha they like dude you are so distracted <laughs> you have no focus you just want to do this for the for the laurels and for the the instagram and you want to just say that but you don't know anything so then wow. john gave me a real he's like you don't have focus you are cl- clearly in this field just because you enjoy telling people that you're in this field. Yeah. I was crushing for me because Damn. I didn't I didn't do that but it was coming across that way. So John's like um you need to be more organized. Yeah. I want you to learn I if you want to stay here, learn Python. Hmm. And I had no coding experience. So I had to learn Python in like a very short space of time. Yeah. But that taught me that was a great lesson because I could I learned that it's not about learning everything but I like just going through finding a challenge you like. Yeah. And then trying to take on that challenge. Yeah. It's almost like playing a game that you like. All games are challenges, but you know, then that led me to a lab yeah. in China, like an uh, an AR VR lab. Yeah. And that's where I encountered Unity, a yeah. game engine, and then finally Unreal. And now I'm back in Karachi and I'm hoping to uh teach everyone else Unreal because uh Unreal Engine was um it 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 was the last big problem I solved. Right. Uh we were developing a a tool for an AR headset called mm. the Magic Leap. Yeah. And um Unity heads was struggling. At that time I I I I was looking for a game engine to learn and I was learning Unity and Unity was struggling with a certain type of technical thing and then I had to teach myself Unreal. So and after doing that I came back to Pakistan there was very little Unreal scope here except for Quixel. Yeah, which I'll, we can talk about later. But Quixel is a, a massive asset company that works with Unreal. So let's once I like, I'm gonna cut you off that. But I was just ending. So, I was ending this yeah. before, and that's what led me to where I am right now. So I I I had uh, applied to become like an authorized instructor, and that led me to where we are today. Which and is, that's what I was gonna get yeah. into. That you are the only authorized no, I'm, instructor I, I'm, now. I'm the so we we have to clarify this because on Kazi's podcast, yeah, the actual first. authorized instructor faraz kayum commented huh. saying that you aren't that please clarify that like you because because what happened was that we searched yeah because when but i got at that time you couldn't find it anyone i i got the email from epic saying that we you cleared it yeah and then i was searching and yeah. nothing came up but then i found out that i uh, believe in 2017 or 2018 faraz kayum uh, yeah. sorry faraz if i'm pronouncing his surname wrong but he actually did it super early and he mm. moved on uh and he's currently in turkey mm-hmm. at a place called zero density doing okay. amazing live real time news 
uh, real time king, and they have one of the most powerful. At least he's he's clarified to me that they're one of the one of the most strongest solutions for real time king for news and broadcast. For Faraz and his team are working on that. And after he he, he I, I I thought he was from Turkey, and then we spoke, and I had a long, very very in depth conversation with Faraz last week. It was very nice. He's like any any training help you need, I'm here. And, so there's um, no hate. It's just like hey, let's, oh, let's, very, like, very, and I'm all about like, let's that. Just, let's just yeah, let's yeah. just start this straight. <laughs> yeah, and I'm all about that. Like I don't want because the आपको भी पता है the gaming community yeah has always been about where the it's Xbox versus PlayStation, Unity yeah. versus Unreal. I'm trying to bring this very communal. Yeah, we're all making games. We're all using different tools. Yeah. Doesn't matter whether you drive a four wheel drive and I drive a you know like or you're driving a front wheel drive, I drive rear wheel. We're all driving cars. Let's just let's just figure out how to drive drive better. Yeah. So I went and we had an amazing conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, and and hopefully going to do some some joint training with him. Sweet. Very soon, and he's actually told me that Pakistan is getting three more very soon. Wow. So we're getting more, and 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 we're trying to get even more, even more uh, authorized instructors. Awesome. But yeah, so as soon as I got that, I yeah. said I want to build on this. Um, and uh, there's not enough avenues for graphic training. Hmm. There's not enough access for the schools. Yeah. Yeah. and um that's what my startup i went and i went straight into it i founded the startup i went to my co-founder said this is what we have to do we were talking for quite a while hmm. over things that we want to do yeah and i said ye karna hai let's just go do it and it's going to be a training school which is what led me up to much my quick journey yeah. how i got here and now i'm a visual effects guy turned trainer turned academic turned founder i don't know founding a startup is is hard yeah It's ballsy. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of learning. Yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. So, uh, in a in a in a snapshot, basically, uh, and for I'm I I'm pretty confident now. Everyone has these terms in their heads. Yeah. Yeah. But um, when I sent you the questions, also they, they go. It's a bit diverse too. Yeah, I'm not gonna unveil everything right now. But you are a certified instructor for Unreal Engine, which is basically the engine that designed. Uh, Fortnite, which is owned by Epic Games, correct? Correct. So just to just clarify that, Epic Games is uh, a publisher, and they also own Unreal Engine, which is oh, they so did they make Unreal? Yeah, they make. Unreal. They made Unreal. Unreal, okay. Unreal was made by um, uh, I forgot I forgot his name. I think it's Tom Sweeney, Tim Sweeney. I'm sorry if I'm getting that wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like back when Unreal Tournament. was going on mm. unreal tournament was kind of the first game to use unreal engine okay and um it's been through a lot of development it's how a, how far back is engine. this um i i could be wrong on this number uh, but i believe it's 97 97 97 i mean we can just double check that but it's mm-hmm. unreal's been unreal this isn't joe rogan show where i could just ask someone behind no no no, no, no i know <laughs> because it's very th- this type of data is very important to also things i talk about people about unreal because it's 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 one of the things about Unreal is that it's a very old engine. Its foundations is in is in C plus plus, which is kind of why it was also its strength. Hmm. So the fact that it's got such a big de- old development team behind it hmm. is kind of one of the things. So it's very old engine. Yeah. Um, And I see that as something which is also um, important to know. At least keep that awareness yeah. in your mind is because it shows the longevity behind that, and it also yes. shows not you said strength, but then I also see the the longevity and the foundation how how strong that is the core of yeah. it all. Yeah, it's the, very it's very old, um, and it's had a lot of development behind the people hmm. behind it, and it's it's kind of a very interesting model mm-hmm. and uh, this is something that i always uh, talk about as well because epic games is a publisher mm-hmm. which means they publish games yeah B- the games are made on unreal engine so it's very cyclical here yeah. unreal engine is the kind of sandbox the game engine behind right. these games epic publishes the games make on made on unreal on unreal engine so if you look at fortnite as an example mm. anything that fortnite tests or they test out on fortnite the unreal developers get so, really so anything that they test they find a need for in one of mm-hmm. their games and they turn that into technology so a lot of the tech that's coming out for unreal engine mm-hmm. is all, also kind of born from a practical use yeah. case so it's very nice because mm-hmm. of them being a publisher all the games that they publish their studios or their teams that are publishing on the epic game store or mm-hmm. unreal engine whatever kind of pipelines they develop if epic likes them um i don't know what the pipeline is for that Mm-hmm. It incorporates it, and so you get a very, very powerful tool set that just keeps on growing. So it's a, in a way, it's like open sourced. It is completely one of its yeah. strengths is that it's open source. Like you can access the source code for Unreal Engine, and you can build the entire engine from GitHub. 
So you can either download the engine from the Epic Game Store, but if you really want to get into the nitty gritties, you can, you can download the entire source code from GitHub and assemble it in Visual Studio Super Code, cool. which lets people customize it. Hmm. So for example, recently, um, Unreal Engine was, it, it has been before, but recently there was a story about it being used in, inside a car in an HMI. So the graphics in the car on the screen are using Unreal Engine. That hmm. type of customizability can only come when you can access the source code. Well. So you can do whatever you want. As yeah. long as you have a good C++ team behind you, you can yeah. customize the engine for hmm. whatever it needs to do. Interesting. Yeah. So the question that's actually coming to mind is that what is the what is the scene like in Pakistan? And um, I'm not really... I don't... So I know everyone knows this also. Okay. Mountain Dew has done like big um, events to get gamers on. on. So I'm, now that's the consumer side of it. Right. Uh what Ahad interacts with or what you interact with, what you guys are really spending your time as a consumer. There's events happening. We know that Ash Kaleem, I think, no, Ash something. Arsalan Ash. Arsalan Ash. Ash Kaleem is someone else. Um, but uh, uh, Arsalan Ash won the Tekken tournament and Red Bull hyped him up. Super cool story. Mountain right. Dew had a big event somewhere in Punjab. There's always something or the other happening that's getting the gaming community in Pakistan that limelight that they need as well. Right. I understand that. But when I heard about Quixel, it was, I think, during the lockdown days or to 2020, I would say. I saw Fussy Mehta on this podcast by Muzammil Hassan in Islamabad. And he is the business development head for Quixel. Right. When I heard that they have the largest asset base for Unreal or Epic Games and Epic Games acquired them, right? And they were based out of Pakistan? Yeah, Islam. Well, so it, 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 they've got offices all over, but um, Vakar, Vakar Azam, hmm. um, Islamabad. So so half, of, I, I believe that, uh, uh, so it's, it's there was two partners mm -hmm. that's, uh, that started this, uh, this Vakar, and then he had a, a partner from mm -hmm. Sweden. Um, but yes, Vakar is from Islamabad and that's why, uh, so it was, it was founded, it was born, yeah. in, half of it was born in Islamabad. Sweet. And, and this, that's where my question is going to like, what is this space like? What's this scene like when it comes to the development of games or anything to do with, um, like Unreal or Unity and stuff? So, so development is, Unreal's got two types of development going on. Hmm. Um, one is non-game development. Okay. And one is game development. But uh, if you go into that into more detail, Unreal is being used. Aside from games, you have uh, simulation, mm -hmm. you have architecture. So these are not game use cases. So they're all using something that Unreal, or generally we talk about, which is real-time 3D, which is you don't have to render something. Right. So it can be real-time 3D, can be used in architecture, mm -hmm. can be used in simulation, uh, can be used anywhere. But games is one of games is kind of the first places where it was being used, mm -hmm. real-time 3D. So um, in that sense, Pakistan may there's a lot of lot of uh, lot of openings. Uh, mm. When me and Essen were starting our company, Reality Forge, one of the first things we did was we went to Islamabad and Lahore. So we spoke with that's where um, the scenes at, right? Yeah, we we actually just went and spoke to teams and companies and went and just met them. And um, we we met Render Lounge in Lahore. Mm -hmm. Render Lounge is doing um, uh, sort of industrial architectural renderings, mm. interior spaces. And they're using Unreal Engine. They are a mega grant recipient. Um, then you have Third World Studios. They're working on uh, an animated, um, an animated product. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they're they 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 have gotten more. They they are they are a recipient of several mega grants. Brilliant team at both places. Very supportive. The second we went there, Open mm -hmm. Arms. They they both teams welcomed us with open mm -hmm. arms, and they were just showing us their pipeline. And uh, because we we were we we came in telling them that we want to train more people on Unreal because there's so much. Because when you learn Unreal, you can go, depending on what you're interested in, it's all using the same engine, right? It's about where, which it's about where, you, where you want to go into automotive visualization. Mm -hmm. Okay, no problem. You mm -hmm. want to go into game dev, no problem. Mm -hmm. As long as you know Unreal Engine. So it's one tool that does many things, which is, its, which right. is in my opinion, one of its greatest strengths. Mm -hmm. Because just adding that to your resume and then self-practicing it, mm -hmm. you can go wherever you want. Yeah. So then we came down to Islamabad we met even people outside of the uh, the Unreal space. Hmm. Uh, we met uh, people from people from Vakra Studios, um, Frag Games. Hmm. Um, we met, and then we we uh, kind of iced off that door by meeting uh, Vakar and Fassi at Quixel. 
which was uh, the most exciting thing me and Essen yeah. have done, uh, just because we we, uh, the, we we were just so excited to go yeah. meet them. Because I've I've been talking to Vakar since I came back from China, right? Uh, because I knew of Quixel, mm-hmm. and I did not know that they were in Islamabad back in China. I just I was using their their library. So what Quixel does is just before I digress into that, yeah, yeah. Quixel does photogrammetry. Right now, what that is is usually. The way you'd model an object, for example, if it's if you're thinking talking way back like Toy Story, uh, you would have to use a modeling tool, and then you'd manipulate ver- vertexes, edges, and faces right. to create the object in 3D. So think of like the Dino, um, what's his name, Rex, the yeah. green Dino. Somebody would have had to go model him uh-huh. like one at a time, and that that takes time. That an artist has to go and literally digitally sculpt that thing and model it. But what photogrammetry does is um, it it kind of speeds up the pipeline. So first a modeler will create the model, then a texture artist will will paint him green, mm. and a good texture artist will make it more real. So there'll be like scratches or like edges paid like a toy. Mm-hmm. No toy is perfect. You know, even the toys. If you look at Andy, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Um, what was, Woody had his. Woody foot. had Andy. Like that yeah. type. Those imperfections are yeah. what makes an a good texture artist, right? So that takes time to do. Mm-hmm. But what photogrammetry does is you take an, you image the object hmm. in its current state from all sides and, and then a computer that converts into... that into uh, a 3D mesh. Hmm. It's not perfect. It needs to be cleaned up. Hmm. And what Quixel did was Quixel does this on a, Quixel has a completely, uh, a pipeline, a proprietary pipeline, and they, they go out and they scan everything from rocks they scan imperfections, they scan decals, they scan um, they scan big objects, small objects, they scan fire hydrants, mm. and all of these, they optimize it, they, they bring it to a point mm-hmm. where it's not only just the object, you have mm. levels of detail. Right. So you have a, a low poly version for mobile games, you have a high poly version for something like um, a gaming PC. So they, they, bring it, they bring it to a point where it's completely ready for you to drag and drop into Unreal Engine, and then you can place it anywhere and it looks great. So essentially it's someone optimized. Like, someone like Backspace, if they want to make uh, like their own video on Unreal, they could just go into Quixel's library and take all Yeah, that they can stuff. just go and, and and because of the integration now, the mega scans library yeah. is inside of Unreal. So you can just go mega scans login and then you can say, I want a bench. Mm-hmm. So a table like this. Yeah. Rather than going and modeling and getting no, the bana bana texture, bana bana ek, and because it's photo scanned, yeah. it just looks way more photo real. Because it's photo scanned, right. you have to you have to just go and like add some like nooks and, and sort of imperfections on the side. It's ready to go, and if you're you know the other great thing about it is which is what I spoke about, because if it's performance heavy, you can drop the. It comes ready. It comes optimized for any platform. Yeah. So that's what Quixel does. And anyway, mm-hmm. we had a great time there. Uh, told them all our plans, and it was very nice getting to 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 be at Quixel yeah. after using their products for so long. Yeah. Um meeting you them, see them and, in the flesh. Yeah, and then and uh, we've maintained that relationship. Yeah. Uh, uh right up to a couple of days ago we had a meeting hmm. with uh with Fussy telling him that our product is ready, we're launching it. Hmm. And um yeah, we're we're they're they they are they are close friends of ours and they've always been very supportive of things that we're doing and giving us advice with what's the next step and yeah. So Quixel is definitely a, a big part of our Reality Forge yeah. journey. But the way I see it is that they are uh, this, all the names you took, Quixel, uh, Render Lounge, so on. Um, they are this, they seem to be a few that everyone knows about. But as a whole in, in the country, do you feel like we are um, in a position to grow this space or to like, you know, start creating like world-class work or do we need more resources? Like how, how are we doing in, in this sector overall in terms of um, capital allocation? The gaming sector is growing quite fast. Um, esports is probably taking off as we speak. Mm. So the gaming sector is pretty big. Um, the studios I mentioned, there's so many studios. There's Narsan, there's Game, mm-hmm. there's uh, uh, Frag Games, Vakra, uh, there's the peop- uh, there's game storms, mind storms, all of these studios, and they're doing great work, really, really good work. Um, they're they're putting out games. Uh, Epiphany mm-hmm. has, has been doing game jams. There's interest. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of interest in game development. It's it's now no longer just playing games. It's a viable career now. Yeah, yeah and yeah. it's turning around a lot of. It's money. just that like we, uh, it's not in the mainstream. I think it's I think it's getting there. It's getting there. It's getting yeah, there yeah, because yeah. because 
people like Arslan Ash, like you mentioned, have yeah. shown that it's a viable career option and there's money behind games. Yeah. You see, parents, I I don't think initially parents would be like, they wouldn't see gaming as a career or game development as a, as a career. Or like, you know, my son makes video games. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. wouldn't see that. But now when they're seeing the money behind it, this yeah. type of investment that's going into it. I mean, we just heard about um, uh, Activision and Blizzard getting acquired. Yeah. Those type of numbers are insane. Yeah. The numbers behind all of that. Yeah. Um, so we are in the space. Uh, what do I think we're missing? I think we're missing something that you hear about on all um, talks like ours or mm. forums. We're missing the human resource. Right. Um, there's no proper avenue. I mean, now it's coming up with places like us and places like Game Train. They are avenues for um, better training, mm-hmm. but we lack access to proper training and then we lack access to places to deploy that training basically is that for example someone like myself or someone like ahad we could be the most confident at unreal yeah but how often will be when you go for a job interview to ubisoft or any big studio the requirement you should need to have shipped two two titles or you need to have done five years of game development, where will you get that experience? Mm. There's no avenues for that. There's yeah. no avenues or place to get a good show reel to show that I've worked on these things. Those use cases not But those are coming up now. Okay. So I think very soon, we're going to start seeing not single A development. We'll, mm. we'll see people trying double A development. With Reality Forge, what does trying, that mean? So, you know, like the scale of the game. Okay, a triple okay. A game is something that you would see, for example, The Last of Us, God of War. These are ma- triple okay, A okay, titles. Got it. Double A's are like indie games that are doing really well. Single A's are like hyper casuals. Mm. And those that these these are very fluid terms. Mm-hmm. Um but I think we're we're there. So there's enough there's enough traction in the market. Now with places that are giving training like us, mm. we're hoping to reach a critical mass of Unreal developers. Mm. And then it's going to begin because when everyone uses Unreal then you'll start seeing indie studios coming up. Yeah. And then the people are going to, because right now, I think the biggest thing that we have is our exposure is also limited. Yeah. Not everyone has access to PS5. Hmm. Not everyone can even access a good GPU. Yeah. Access is a problem, which is what places like YouTube, are. people are, people are now having a meal and watching a gameplay video of the game yeah. rather than playing the game. So they're getting exposure to these titles. I think that is going to, kind of we're going to be in this prime area where people are going to be aware of the entire scope of games it's Mm -hmm. not just PUBG it's not just Fortnite there's also story games out there like Last of Us like God of War you know they're going to get this entire spectrum and there's going to be something for everyone that's going to and then what what are you missing you're missing the know-how how how to do it yeah you know what you want to do you don't know how to do it the entry point to Unreal is what the startups and what YouTube tutorials and Unreal's learning portal will make happen. Then I just want and to. That's see where you guys come in, and that's where I I also want to see. Yeah. Because I don't think Ubisoft has opened up studios mm. in India. Yeah. I don't see what is stopping mm. a company like that coming to Pakistan. Yeah. We have people. Yeah. We have like I've seen some of the 3D artists. Mm. They're so dedicated. Yeah. I don't think I think only training and only critical mass mm-hmm. or having places with access to a full development team mm. is missing confidence. Once these guys have confidence that, oh, mm. you know, there's a team of 25 guys here. Mm-hmm. They know their pipeline. We've seen their work. Let's yeah. go open um, a smaller offshoot there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see anything stopping it from happening. So let's let's dive into a little bit about your role in all of this and all of this development, right? Um, uh, what is Reality Forge? We, this is the first time actually taking the name outright. Okay. Re- Reality Forge. Reality Forge is a training, is, is, a, is a startup aiming to train people uh, students, professionals, hmm. anyone, anyone that's interested in learning about Unreal Engine and uh, what to do with it and how to turn this skill set into something that eventually earns money hmm. uh, and not just money, but also pushes the entire industry forward. So we give you that training. We get you comfortable with Unreal hmm. and then we tell you what to do with Unreal depending on your skill set. We offer mentorship on Unreal Engine. That's what Reality Forge is. It's a startup. It's me. And my friend Essen's uh, child, so to speak, and uh, yeah, we're just growing. Essen himself or Essen's child? Oh no, <laughs> it's Essen and my child. We okay. we, we co-owned it. Okay. So yeah, we're both co-founders, and it's our startup aiming to bring, uh, aiming to make graphic graphics, three D graphics, three D real time graphics training more accessible. Awesome. Uh, to anyone that wants it. Awesome. Not just and a, what do you need to enter this? For now, we don't have a lab. Uh, we're making a lab. Uh, we're looking. We're, we're getting ready for the the time where you go asking 
for you know cha-ching uh, cha-ching <laughs> to make the lab happen but um if you have access to a gaming machine go find me linked <laughs> <laughs> patreon um if you have access to a, a gaming laptop or a gaming machine hmm. just come say hi and then we'll we'll train you in three in uh three months or what weeks. is the for, for for a kid like even if i want to get into it yeah, yeah. MacBook Air aage nahi ja sakta na <laughs> so what do i need to start well when we have our lab up and running you will be able to come in and learn it at our lab regardless of the hardware um regardless because that'll be our hardware okay. but till we don't have that i mean you just need a system that has some sort of graphics processing in it mm-hmm. that and if you want a good example something that can run fortnite comfortably should be able to run okay. unreal comfortably Take so it. as long as you have a way for us to teach you till we make our yeah. labs then that's about all we need and um skill wise what do you need nothing no just an interest in this an interest and a little bit of uh motivation it's going to be difficult mm. um if you do a simple search you will see that people do consider unreal a little bit more challenging than unity to pick up mm-hmm. so it will require a little bit of dedication yeah of, which is what we're there to help you we're, we're there to you know when you're doing push-ups at the gym and you're just like i can't do it we're there to be like no 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 you're going to okay. first start off from the wall and you're yeah, on the yeah, bench yeah. so we're, the we're, we're we're hoping to get you to sherpa we're better sherpas so nice. get you over that that i like uh, that yeah So we're just sure we're sharpening people through challenges. Sweet. Um awesome. so yeah. Cool, cool. Um you mentioned that you know before we started recording like you know the you had a asset and you had a bit of a tussle on getting the website up but the product's not ready. But what is the product? The product is the training itself. The product is the curriculum. Is the curriculum. Is the okay. curriculum that isn't set in stone. Mm-hmm. It is completely fluid mm-hmm. and uh it is driven by the student. I like that. So because I was And I would trust you to say that yeah. in all honesty. Because I unlike everyone else student centric learning. Because I'm a garbage student. <laughs> I am I am my worst enemy. Yeah. You know my my currently I teach I teach 3D and this is the thing when I'm in class also yeah. this is voice mad going like Sean bahut ho gaya boring ho gaya chup ho ja chup ho ja kuch karo. And I am my I am my own worst enemy because I was the worst student. Yeah. So I'm trying to make a course. Yeah. that gets people results quickly yeah and i've driven this all from my own challenges when i was learning python for example nothing motivated me more to run a code and get some log some output from my code even if it was like a hey i'm running <laughs> i would have debug logs at yeah. every step of the way just to feel good about ki ha yahan tak chal raha hai yeah maine kuch kuch kiya hai so that feedback loop is what i've and it's driven by the students if they're struggling with a concept we'll take two weeks to run it hmm. it's not set in stone but ultimately um i want my students people that are coming to learn to when they leave hmm. they have such confidence with unreal that they even if they don't know how to do something they leave no they'll know where to find the answer to get them there yeah so it's student it's driven by whatever everyone's uh, learning level is hmm. and it's very i'm trying to foster like a community a community where people will help each other hmm. uh, but yeah student driven learning as you say sweet awesome And now I'm actually going to take a bit of a segue okay. um, into the work that you are uh, getting into and the work that's happening right now about game development. How does that come into this new fancy word of the metaverse and Web three? You know, <laughs> it's freaky, right? No, it's um, interesting. It's very yeah. interesting. And um, I, one, I'm trying to learn more about this. I just okay. haven't had the time. Okay. Um, but I'm just. Uh, very keen to understand that it's like this all started off in 2008 this whole rush towards the blockchain and the crypto and then that leading to more applications of the blockchain leading to nfts and then sorting out supply chain issues and democratization of information and stuff and now it's like correct me if i'm wrong but like game development has was always there in this application of all of this technology and now is just sitting very comfortably on to merge all of this together so so if for to to for the people that are they're viewing this if you if you just consider it this way like the easiest way i've read up about it is web 1.0 was kind of like static websites there was no interaction right? and i'm actually going to change that a bit okay i because the way i see i know what you're going to get at okay i know what okay. you're going to get at okay. um The way I just see this is that like web 1.0 was when we as human beings started learning that we could have access to information. Ha, my boy boy. So yeah. basically like uh 1.0 was read only. 
hmm. you could read websites yeah. right so netscape would just go to the yeah. page this is ahad's uh, this is backspace contact us home what we do yeah. web 2.0 was you could you could change the page depending on what you put up there mm-hmm. so facebook um twitch youtube social networking so you're putting up something that is changing you can read and write hmm. so using file i yeah. like you know file io terminology what web 3.0 is it's trying to tackle or it's trying to bring something to light which is decentralization so the issue is is that for example you put all your content up on youtube mm. right and if youtube goes down your content is still your alive content is gone but with web 3 it's there with web 3 it's alive everywhere yeah so rather than it being in one place everyone's got kind of pointers to the content so one mm. node goes down the other nodes are still up now with gaming ka kya hai isme gaming was always kind of in a so we 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 enter the nft point yeah so if someone takes a snapshot uh, like of this or a recording of me saying it abhi uh, music pe bhi ho raha hai any content um they own because of the blockchain they that is that they have ownership of that content right. if if the blockchain um, they can they can kind of using that unique id yeah uh they can say this is mine i own this nft yeah gaming kind of always was in kind of a space like this so if you go back to the steam marketplace hmm. csgo had skins and you could sell those skins dota dota 2 did this as well yeah. you could sell the skins you could sell the items hmm. and there was a, an active you could hold it it could go up in price if you had a very rare item you could sell it hmm. so this was already kind of going on in the gaming space mm-hmm. and it's kind of similar to what nfts are doing now so they're both kind of doing something similar hmm. with me personally um i am very interested to see how gaming is going to adopt it because gaming was already doing it you see for me talking about someone that's been playing games for a very mm-hmm. long time steam marketplace pe to already skins bik rahe the csgo dota mm-hmm. so i want to see where does all this kind of merge mm. because what nfts are saying is that okay this particular skin lives in everyone's computers and you you it's it's decentralized usme they were saying hey the skins the fact that you have the skin is in a steam database so on some levels it feels like the nft version is more inefficient because it it's it's everywhere yeah versus the steam marketplace which was centralized so i get the decentralized argument but gaming gaming was always sitting comfortable because gamers love to own or if they've paid if they've really worked like worked hard for a quest to get a rare item yeah it has a lot of value Hmm. I want to see. I am very interested to see how gaming and NFTs gets into it. Hmm. But you can look at really early examples that have been that have been very interesting. For example, Star Citizen. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of this title. Star Citizen is um, it's very controversial. No, okay. so I'm glad this has come up here. So Star Citizen is this. We're all about that life on this that, show. Yeah. Is 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 a space MMO. Okay. What that, is an MMO? Like a ma- massively multiplayer online game. Of course it is. But. Um it's been in uh, alpha and beta for quite a while. I've heard you mentioned this. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay, okay. And huh. um the the model is very interesting and this is yeah. before NFTs and 3.0. Yeah. Star Citizen the base game was you had to buy a ship to enter right, the game. Right, right. Yes. The ship was like $40. Yeah. Uske saath aapko ek camera milta tha on Port Olisar which was the 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 the, the big hangar the cruiser yeah. and you would get your ship. Yeah, some of those ships go for about seven hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, they, they go upwards. Those ships aren't even out yet. You can't buy that sh- the ship. You can't fly the ship, <laughs> but you're buying something that isn't even ready. Yeah. And what they do is they they've been they've been getting a lot of hate because they just keep releasing new ships, and they're just getting a lot of money. And uh, the numbers are crazy on Star Citizen. So stuff like this. My point is coming back yeah. to our our conversation. Ownership of gaming content has always kind of been there. Yeah. Um. You saw untransferable versions of it, like achievements. Mm. People love to compare. Yeah. Oh, I, I've platinumed this game. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I've got all the all the Steam achievements for Valheim, or something like that. So com- it it is a competitive space, and there is supply and demand going on here. But I'm very interested to see where it comes with gaming and NFTs. Uh, I I don't know where it's going to find a kind of common ground. Personally speaking, for me, I personally feel that the model where uh your content was in like a steam marketplace kind of an agreement arrangement mm-hmm. made a little bit more sense to me um gaming nfts 
I know it's taking off now and people are earning through it. Yeah. But personally speaking, because it's my personal opinion, I just like the the Steam Marketplace kind of model where everything was kind of in one place. I if I had a skin, I could just easily go and give it to you using Steam. But with NFTs, it's a wider you know exchanges this that and the other. But isn't this also dictated by like on which blockchain it is? Why not? That there's there there kind of advantage in this. One is completely decentralized. Yeah. One is te- technically centralized. If Steam goes down, my skin's gone. Right. So I'm trying to go for something that's easier but centralized. Huh. But it is a battle. It is what people are talking about. Web 3.0 is talking about this, right? Like you know, when you buy a domain, they the servers, the domain lives on those servers. The servers go down. What is that domain to you? It's nothing. So this is people are talking about decentralization, and that is what 3.0 is. Mm. Uh, it's an experience layer as well above 2.0. Mm. But I don't know where gaming is gonna factor. Because yeah. for gamers, I mean, I would love to talk to more gamers about this. For me speaking personally, I would just want it to be easier. Because mm-hmm. if I have a skin for a knife or an M4, I just want to easily give it to you, right? If you've mm-hmm. given me the money for it, I just want to yeah. quickly give it to you. I think for gamers, ease of access and quick transactions might be more important, but I could be horribly wrong here. Yeah. So I'm very interested to see where the NFT. But isn't the counter to that like again? You- I'm taking it from a very layman perspective because right. I have absolutely no knowledge. Um, but if it's about like you have a knife that I want to buy off you, if this was in a decentralized space, I could still buy it off you for X number of crypto, right? Yeah, I mean the 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 money you pay for it is that's just the currency. I'm just talking about how it gets to you, right? Hmm. Right, so if I if it's just going to one centralized marketplace, it becomes easier. Mm-hmm. But that is also the problem. I feel it. so ignorant and dumb in this whole conversation. I love it. No, no, no I'm, I'm just happy. Think of, it, think of it as like the easy way is like if the knife example. Yeah. It's one is ease of access. Yeah. And one is decentralization. So, but I, but that's where I want to see where it lines up because I just think that for gamers, everything about them is 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 the speed, hmm. the access and the speed. I think if I wanted to give my friends. Maybe I've, you know, I want to, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm not playing this game anymore. Take this skin. Hmm. It helps you like get some flair in the game. Yeah. I want to be able to give it to him ease without losing fees along the way. Yeah. Ye, these are issues I want to see how they get solved. I'm not right. saying they're going to be deal breakers. And I'm, I'm not saying one system is better than the other. Um, I see the need to be decentralized because like I said, if the, if the central servers go down, what is that knife to you? It's nothing. Bilkul. But in the other, in the other case, because that knife skin is alive on everyone's nodes, I'm still safe. So I want to see where it ends up because right mm. now gaming and NFTs is is a hot topic. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in the Pakistani space, um, this company called Narsun, N-A-R-S-U-N, they just put out a uh, a project as well. I believe it's a racing, it's a it's a it's a track. It's a kind of a driving racing mm-hmm. uh, product. But it is it is um, it is something that is. Uh, They're making games for Web three, or it is it it does have a Web three element to it. Please do check it out. I was I was just reading it, not reading about it. I was checking it out the other way. Very interesting and very nice looking as well. Believe I could be wrong. I believe mm. it was done on Unreal Engine. But yeah, what's the work that's happening right now in uh, when it comes to the metaverse? Because we had a long chat about this also with Bilal and Nagin. Um, I think uh, Alina was there as well. You were there, right? Look at us breaking the fourth wall, right? Uh, off the camera. Off camera. Um, but this but conversation yeah. calls for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what is the scene like over here right now? Because I know that everyone's trying to rush to it, and then कोई कह रहा है अभी ये शादी पे लोग बात करते कि तुम्हें पता है decentralized पे plot कितने का बिका है? Yeah. Teen Arab dollar. It's a hot topic. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, do you know how to spell decentralized before you start commenting <laughs> on the plot price? Um, and then I saw another one. I saw this website where you could buy. I was telling Nagin and Alina about this as well. Ramis Safa was sponsored by them. You've seen Ramis Safa on YouTube. Um, big advocate of uh, the NFT space, and he's like, you could buy a grid on a. It's like a Google Map type layout, and you could buy um, Dolmen Mall or Arkhan Park or like anything in the metaverse from now and buy that real estate. Very cool. What is the scene like right now in Pakistan? Who's working on it? What's the development I, like? I Where are we at? I, I know from the gaming perspective, uh, was the project I mentioned to you. Yeah. Um, uh, I believe there there are some workshops happening about gaming NFTs, hmm. but and and Web three point zero on gaming. Hmm. It is because it's it's see, any sort of gaming discussion now, everyone is always talking about how can you earn from it, right? How do you get money back from gaming? What is the return on investment? 
you have microtransactions. But see, when you service. say this now, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm yeah, cutting yeah. you off. Are you saying this from? Are people actually saying this to you? Uh, no, no. So pe- people, I see that uh, there's two types of people. When you, when you think about a game product, yeah, the developer side is always going to be trying to finance fund the development of the game. Yeah. So how do the developers earn, and how do the consumers or the people that are playing the game keep buying into the ecosystem? Right. These two have to happen in parallel. Because uh, this is also I totally forgot to mention my 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 master's thesis was in microtransactions. So I studied this in a great deal in China. How does how how do the Chinese do microtransactions in video games? And how do you how do you design systems that people keep wanting to pay, uh, buy into it? So from the the consumer side, you want your gamers to constantly be buying in. They 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 have to be a part of the system, right? Mm. You don't want them to have a one time purchase. Mm. Makes no sense. Um, but from the developer side, they want they should be able to fund the development of the game mm-hmm. and the expansion and the scaling of the game. So I think right now we're still figuring out where things kind of things kind of uh, fit in mm-hmm. land and space. And this we'll only know once we experiment. Because even now, like the metaverse, what is the metaverse for me? The metaverse is an experience layer on Web 2.0. Right. You are going rather than going to Adidas ka app store. You're wearing some VR goggles, or you're going to a VR Adidas store. It's an experience layer above mm. Web 2.0. Mm. So 2.0, me kya hota? We would we would have gone to um, I don't know uh, a gaming store and bought a single product. But 3.0, me kya hoga? It's like you go on, you wear VR goggles, and you're inside this VR gaming store. So it's an experience layer, in my opinion. That's how I explain it to people. That's an, it's an experience layer above Web 2.0. Okay. How does this translate into gaming and what's going on here? People are pushing it. People mm. are learning about it, and we have game development already going on in Pakistan. So I want to see. I I'm sure there are Web 3.0 projects happening at Reality Forge. We get asked a lot about it as well. Mm-hmm. In fact, we had a discussion about yeah, Web yeah, yeah. 3.0 education. Um, it is something that people are interested in, but they still are wondering how do you get into it. Yeah. I think Pakistan is one of the biggest things that we that I see being a challenge. A good challenge, not a bad challenge, is the entry point. VR, VR hardware is still expensive here. Yeah, I think once VR hardware becomes cheaper and uh, GPUs or machines become more accessible, um, that's something that is going to make the entry point into these virtual realms easier. Uh, Nvidia is also doing a lot of stuff about this. They have the uh, the Omniverse, which they just made free. So it's interesting. It's an experience layer, letting you experience interactivity. Spatial interactivity, hmm. but I think here Pakistan, me one of the first things we'll have to solve is the entry point. That hardware needs to become cheaper. If your Oculus Rift and your HTC Vive is expensive, yeah, then who wants a bad experience, right? Yeah, like if it's if it's just a, a a Google Cardboard where they can look around and not interact with it, you want to be able to grab things like in Ready Player One. Yeah. So if that type of that type of world, I think we're moving towards, mm-hmm. but definitely one of the earliest challenges will be a the content development. And hardware access; these two things. Do you first. do you know about any kind of work that's happening in the hardware se- uh, space for this over here? Not over here, no. But I do know, like the device kind of bandwidth is like the amount of options for devices are also very limited, right? You've got you've got the Oculus, hmm. you've got HTC Vive, and hmm. you've got now actually one AR headset is making a comeback. You had your Magic Leap One, and hmm. now the Magic Leap Two is coming out. And what about the one with Microsoft? Hololens. Yeah. Again, it's a, that's an AR headset, so very, yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah. Very good. AR and VR, they're of course two different uh, types of um, hmm. experience experiences. But uh, yeah, once those headsets start becoming cheaper and start growing in power, is where where it's at. So it's like we first have to have if we. The, I, I'm trying to see this in two ways, um, and I'm also saying this because. In Pakistan, you've just recently had this whole greenfield status coming in for the car manufacturers, and then Lucky bringing in the Samsung plant. I'm just trying to see that you know, like, is anyone thinking about the production of hardware like this locally? If if it's possible, I don't know. And secondly, that if that's not going to happen, then we have to kind of accelerate, or these industries have to accelerate the com- commercialization. And economies of scale for the production of these things—that's the only way the cost is going to go down as well. Yeah, I think I think definitely that, and that is something I have I have told to many people. Yeah. Like, if you guys have the development, the product development expertise, look yeah. into look into a making an, a, a more affordable VR headset. Because the way I see this also is that with all of this stuff happening, 
there's always talk of the technology behind it and the developers behind it as well but there's not much talk behind the hardware running these things and yeah and and the hardware comes in for those boys and gals that are mining or that are yeah. running the blockchain exactly, itself and exactly. then wo to ek alag scene right like and it gets hyped up in a very different light i yeah, feel yeah even har- hardware is ve- like I- i'm and this is something me and my co-founder have had a lot of discussions but until and unless hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. can afford an HTC Vive or mm-hmm. an Oculus and it's also by the way it's twofold so like, the expense is one thing yeah. and then the device itself is another thing mm-hmm. the vive for example is something that requires two tripoded trackers on the corners of your room and then you need space to like walk around you don't want to go punching your tv and yeah, stuff yeah. like that so spatial requirement here hmm. uh but you can sit down and play with the oculus also you don't have to be standing around dancing but those devices are expensive hmm. um and when those become a little bit more accessible like phones yeah and that has to happen over time hmm. hardware becomes more powerful and cheaper you yeah. know like um 10 years ago for the price now that you can get a decent smartphone yeah. a big smartphone with a good battery and a good camera was not thinkable mm-hmm. but aajkal you know anywhere even the entry point 10 mm. to 30k you can get a range of options cameras mm. good cameras mm. um so i i do see the devices getting cheaper mm. and and now people are just kind of buying mm. into these things early right because then when the devices become cheaper and there's everyone in the virtual karachi mm. you have the lag because right. you were an early adopter so early adoption is key i think for people that are looking to um chiching in the metaverse but um early adoption is key but knowing what to knowing what to buy is, is not easy you have to research quite a bit yeah uh, because you say early adopters yeah um i feel like this is already a laggard kind of conversation just based on how much information has come up and how much hoo ha about this whole space has become and i don't say hoo ha in a negative connotation i actually mean it that hype uh, yeah there's a huge hype right um what are we seeing or how are we coming to that point where then we can let me rephrase the question are we still in the early adoption phase according to you or do you feel like um and i don't mean locally i mean globally is there still a long way to go or is it too late to catch the wave or we're kind of late to this i think it's ever thing? too late to catch the wave mm-hmm. uh especially with nft and gaming with blockchain and gaming yeah. i think i i'm i like i said i'm interested to see where it goes mm-hmm. um i don't think it's too it's it's too late to get onto this because mm-hmm. it's a great way to push it out there yeah whether it's the right solution for gaming or whether that that is something that gaming is going to use that is that remains to be seen mm. but i don't think it's late at all uh, to get into this mm. i do feel people that talk about um mining and stuff like that it is a little late for that because okay. uh mining hardware is extremely expensive mm. um and it's just not profitable and mm. the prices of gpus are going up and people that could use these gpus for education or just gaming mm. they can't they have no access to it yeah. because these gpus have all been purchased by the miners uh which is not a wrong thing i'm not saying mm. miners are bad i'm just saying that the time to mine was was way back when the difficulty was lower mm. the profitability was higher and there was not much regulation also in mining No, no abhi mining itself is going to go off because mining is not great for the environment hmm. so a lot of these coins which allow mining are called proof of work pow coins hmm. so a lot of these coins are, are switching to pos which is proof of stake 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 which basically so what is mining right just to digress hmm. very quickly the more people that mine asat coin hmm the more the faster it the the faster my money can or my nft can reach you the more people that will use it that will drive up the value right that's right yeah. so that means that the more people that are mining the more the the better the network and the more the value so what do you do to pay off ahad and myself for mining your coin you give us a little bit of a fee hmm. like for the difficulty problem is is that if ahad and me were to put off our machines the the, the, the price would just go down then a lot of then comes proof of stake hmm. rather than mining we give you our coins to you you hold them for us to main to as a as a kind of a surety of the value right. that you won't just go and sell all of them that it, it stays that value and then over time these coins that are staked you get a little bit back as a reward for keeping them with the with the holders so ethereum is doing this very soon solana has this already a lot of these coins are moving towards proof of stake so mining itself is people are kind of 
going away from mining but going back to what we earlier said about being about timing i do think it's a little late hmm. unless you can get a very big mine up and running but again again the difficulty is mm-hmm. never been lower never been higher said that upside down never been higher so i would just say maybe for for something like mining and all it's as a hobby i would encourage anyone that wants to experiment with any sort of hobby i mean do it but i i, I personally speaking hmm. i think it's a little late for for people looking to get into mining so, the ab ye bhi ye bhi ek sawal i get asked so what do you think about mining and i'm like yeah i, I don't do it vakar um, zaka ki video dekhe you'll get an noc <laughs> figure out how to do that <laughs> no I, i just don't i'm just not in the space because yeah. because yaar i i learned my lesson the hard way hmm. um i tried it and i, I this was like what 2017 2016 2016 hmm. i tried it and it was absolute disaster for me hmm. so i've never gone back never gone back just because it didn't work for me and hmm. i preferred like studying uh and now the gaming nft space also like this is also partially why i'm a little bit i'm not excited about gaming nfts i'm very much like hmm let's see where it goes yeah just because you know like at any point in time i'm always worried about the fact that at any point in time i'll be recently hmm. the crypto market went down yeah you know you won't see that with like the cs go skin prices yeah. so i'm always a little, a little pessimistic about it just so uh. like i'm like hmm you know yeah i see the future value but i'm i'm still waiting for it to get more regulated right. i think uske baad we'll see stability it's very volatile right now that's very interesting what you just said i'm waiting yeah. to see it get more regulated i want to see it get more regulated okay because right now it's all over the place right like the second people put up videos that oh my it's going to boom it's going to boom half the second they think it's going to crash it's boom like you know like where it's where, where too are volatile. you it's too volatile and yeah. too and some of these projects are are just controlled by people with the most coin that had it right so i don't know not i i prefer something with a little bit more stability right now yeah. so that's why i think i think right now as far as yeah. gaming goes i'm yeah. very interested to see where it ends up but so throughout all of this i think it's very important to highlight also that um it's it's just very crucial to first learn about the whole space and absorb all of this information just right. don't go and act on it as well right. um guy v keeps talking about the gold rush behind this it is and i think if you go on everyone everyone look we can't as much as people want to criticize it i can understand why people want to make people want to get rich quickly yeah totally fine I, all i'm telling people is all i'm telling my friends my people mm. close to me is before you make a move before you run into it because everyone around you is talking about just read up on it it's difficult youtube is great for this there are mm. people breaking down these concept in 7 minute videos 15 yeah, yeah. minute videos yeah but that's the thing it's it's important not it's not supposed to be easy either to nothing, digest nothing all of this has yeah. been years worth of work going into it um and if you really want to make something out of it then the more you huh. know the better and and also um when you read up more Hmm. you develop a better system yeah. so if you if you know what gamers want you'll make a better game yeah. but making a better game is very difficult so hmm. nothing nothing like this will ever come hmm. quick right so it's going to be a, yeah. a bit of a climb is what i hmm. would say but just yeah study like read up on it as much as you can right so you ended up asking the answering the second last question but i'll ask it just out of formality's sake um what advice do you have for people who want to get into this space other uh, than reading up more on it yeah people that want to get into uh, real time 3d and uh, graphics and uh, wherever graphics is going i would say um there's a lot to take in there's a lot to take in there's a lot going on right um as early as you can figure out what you what what excites you what mm. what you enjoy and then test out as much as you can before you make uh, a call there's no it's not too late to make a career switch i think i mean i've i've made a few switches mm. but test out everything before like if if you're interested in 3d download blender and play around with it if you're interested in video editing do this if you're interested in the, some of the other things you talked about go read up about them see how people are making them um expose yourself to everything mm. uh read up on everything mm. and then find out uh find out what excites you test it if it works if it works great if it doesn't work something else but definitely expose yourself to whatever you find interesting and see if you can take it forward mm-hmm. i know it's very general advice but even with something like real time 3d mm-hmm. the advice i always give people is even within real time 3d I'm like what do you want to become do you want to become a game dev architecture simulation and film film and tv virtual mm-hmm. production uh you'll only get those answers when you try them right mm. so you have to you have to experiment so that you have 
you should you should at least have awareness as to why not something yeah and why why this over that yeah so like if I, someone asked me Sean why are you teaching instead of making games hmm. so i would be i'd say i've tried both and i just like teaching teaching yeah. is something i enjoy doing Sweet. so definitely immerse yourself as much as you can i mean we live in a time where wikipedia youtube itna hmm. access hai papers pdfs you know like google scholar pe you have yeah. so much of knowledge yeah. there's like webinars going on all the time hmm. there's no reason for you to be in any form of silo hmm. go out there and like just podcast like this that like yeah. you're talking about listening to stuff while you drive yeah i think um as uh, advice i would give to people is uh just as much as you can immerse yourself in right. some sort of like knowledge right. not saying kim gaane na suno but uh, uh, as much as you can yeah 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 sweet awesome okay so and um if you could go back in time and meet your younger self oh, what would you say to this him this is a great question right hai na i read that like this is a good question i Thanks. i didn't want to steal this one for you when we do our podcast yeah uh we're hoping to get that off soon but um, yeah. this is the question i'm i'm going to steal yeah. if i could go back in time and I, what was the question specifically if you could go back in time and meet your younger self what would you say to him focus i would tell him <laughs> that i would tell him to focus because yeah. so much time I could have saved had I paid more attention in physics yeah. <laughs> or paid more attention in chemistry or paid yeah. more attention in math uh-huh. in math I if I if I I would this that's what I would tell my younger self okay dude please I know you find this really boring please study math please study <laughs> math like if you can because I wish I could have taken further yeah. math um but now I only found I only found the excitement for that later on in life hmm. um and i i scraped through maths because my i just couldn't get it i was too stupid or i just i it just wasn't working out but my younger self i would tell him to calm down huh. focus and padho <laughs> focus awesome. on math yeah awesome have fun later study now yeah sounds like a very parent thing to say na yeah yeah but kya umar aa gayi no really really i some yeah. things that like and you know the funny thing is i'm i'm using it now i would have never thought like and i was i was the worst math student and we were working on this uh, application mm-hmm. to develop uh, ar uh, landmarks yeah and i'm looking there going like i'm like yeah how would i how would i like i because the developer there was a chinese de- project and the problem was the flag was too big yeah i'm thinking they're going like man how do i make sure the flag is always the same and i'm like wait we did trigonometry uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> going on youtube yeah. i'm like asking sir bilal i'm like okay how would he, and then he told i'm going back to like read old learnings yeah. I, i wish i had paid attention that there's yeah. so much that I'm but doing. this is the thing you know like i'm actually going to take this part of the conversation and definitely make a clip out of it is because teachers also now need to kind of update themselves and pass on these real use cases of the subjects it was crazy because i wish i i wish i had bought my little notebook but yeah. it was the one time where i have probably used the most math because yeah. i needed a way to get that working perfectly the huh. the 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 complete triangles and yeah. stuff like this because we were converting coordinates huh. i've never i had all the math going on there but it it's, it's come up numerous times in game yeah. development which is great because artists will take something else away because they're looking at materials people like me your development and especially when you start adding in the elements of light <laughs> and everything you need to know all that stuff and there's amazing questions you'll get like yeah. things that even i i i had to go and really learn hmm. like for example i can i my one of my friends was like yeah uh, we need to program so we were making a real time strategy game you know you click and the thing moves yeah yeah and then when i i would click behind the car it would take a long turn huh. my friends like no bro it should do a k turn it should reverse and then do i'm like what the hell is a k turn huh. so i looked up i'm like oh so then programming a computer to do a k turn oh you had to know angles this that bombazaya <laughs> but i think game dev this is something that you'll be able to do right if yeah. unreal engine is free hmm. you download it and then you can kind of build on these because aapka jo um, a lot of the problems that i think we're getting into self driving cars and all yeah. they're basic questions ai is something i get asked a lot on hmm. what is ai and when i ask people what is ai it's a very abstract term yeah. but recently in a class i had couple of my students build a very basic ai yeah. they had a cube uh-huh. and i'm like dusri taraf se ball aayega yeah program this cube just to block the ball yeah and they and they start thinking they're like oh so if the ball's this high i'll tell the cube to move there yeah by about 2 hours into it they had built a very rudimentary form of ai which was blocking the ball yeah. just by some conditions so ai is an extension i think if you give pe- teachers even 
speaking to teachers if they give them these simple examples yeah co- much more complex concepts uh-huh. become easier to understand as long and as you give the student a use case but you have to be able to extend those core principles throughout 100%, 100%. now 100% right but um, awesome conversation yeah, yeah. <laughs> maza ha yeah always i'm glad we finally did this yeah, dude. related three times no but it finally happened and uh, i think the first episode of the year it's good to be it's good that is this one yeah 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 awesome first man time, first time but really appreciate you taking out the time thank you so much i know man. it's uh, pretty hectic now with reality for you know, know the meetings i know starting our first class and uh, we are we are very nervous hmm. uh, and uh, probably going to steal ahad as well but No he's not. Please, um please. that's all folks for today. <laughs> uh Sean, thanks for joining. Thank you so Absolute much. Absolute pleasure. Mazaya. Um hopefully we'll stay consistent throughout the year with behind the grind. Till the next one everybody. Bye bye. <laughs>